Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to another episode of In My Own Words. I'm your podcast host, Tony R. Sanders. Episode 33. Episode, we should call this episode The Return. Or sorry, I've been gone. Or I don't know, something. I'm back doing this podcast thing. I don't even know if I know how to do a podcast anymore. It's been a while, but we're going to get into that. Welcome to episode 33. So glad that you guys are here with me. Super happy to be doing a podcast again. Uh, I'm going to say that my life has been crazy in a lot of different ways over the last couple of months and uh, crazy in all good ways, actually, all elevation, all things going up. But sometimes it's hard to um, create through all of the changes. You know what I mean? And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit more. I'm going to explain some things, but I just wanted to say welcome to the podcast. We're going to have a great episode today. So let's start the show. of the podcast and I'm back I had to regroup and now we're rebooting and releasing content out into uh, the universe I'm super happy to be doing that it's so funny I talked to one of my friends and when I first started the podcast she said look this is dope this is your lane this is what you need to be doing promise me you won't stop this (laughs) And I was like, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. And in a lot of ways, I didn't stop. But let me come all the way clean. In a lot of ways, I did stop. So for everyone that truly enjoys the podcast, who has missed the In My Own Words podcast, I want to apologize to my friend first and foremost. I want to apologize to you guys. And I want to explain, not excuse, but explain what I've been doing. Um, There's a funny video and a funny story that Jamie Foxx tells that um, he talks about doing the song for Kanye West. Now, when Kanye first came out, his first album, he had a song um, with Jamie Foxx called, um, uh, what was the name of the song? Um, Slow Jams. On his first album, College Dropout. Great song, you should check it out. And... um, He didn't really want to do the song with Kanye. He didn't know who Kanye was. And they was like, you should do the song. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And Jamie had his way of doing it, right? He wanted to do this, you know, jazzy R&B, like real soulful R&B. And Kanye was like, no, I want you to simple it down, dumb it down, do a simple version of what I'm telling you to say. So Jamie wasn't really feeling it, but he did it. And then his words were, He went off and did a bad movie and then he came back. And when he came back, the song was like the number one song in the country. I want to say when you ask me where have I been and what have I been doing since I left the podcast, I did a bad podcast and now I'm back. (laughs) I left the In My Own Words podcast to start another podcast called Popular Leadership Podcast. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. It was trash. I didn't like it. (laughs) I kind of liked it. I liked the idea of it. Right. It was it was I basically tried to take an element of what I felt like made this podcast work, the In My Own Words podcast, and make that into its own separate entity. And 
it just didn't work, man. <laughs> it just didn't work. I don't even know how to fully explain it other than like it just wasn't successful. The reason why I think it wasn't successful is because I didn't believe in it as much as I believe in this plat this platform and this podcast. Meaning, like I, I think it has a purpose and a place. I, I, I shouldn't say I don't believe in the podcast. I don't think I'm the right person to do that podcast full length the way that I was doing it. I would love to take that podcast, insert a new host, give them that lane and allow them to do their thing. And I just kind of EP it. I would love that. But I felt so uh, restricted by that podcast because it was in the framework of leadership. And so if something didn't have, you know, direct, distinct leadership tie-in then I felt like I couldn't really do it right and so that was really restrictive for me and for me as a creative I need to feel as free as possible I need to feel like I can move and go and say and do whatever I want to do I don't really want that much structure I was talking to my wife last night about doing the podcast and um, I was telling her like when I get on that mic I'm cutting up like I'm not here to be a professional. I'm not here to wear the suit and tie. Like I'm here to cut up. Like I'm here to talk trash. I'm here to have the same conversation I would have with my friends and, and be my normal, uh, hot take opinionated, sometimes crazy, uh, demanding, forceful, competitive self. Like that's what I'm on here to do. And with that podcast, I couldn't really do that. But let me tell you why. It was important for me to do that and go explore this other opportunity and then we'll get into some some deeper things. It was important for me to do that because I needed to know if it would work. And the only way I can know if something actually would work is to go do it. And I love the thrill of the chase, right? I, I love the adventure of creating something new finding a new lane, finding a new avenue, finding a new way to do an old thing, presenting information in a different way. At the core of everything that I want to do, um, every idea I have in my mind, written down on my notebook, everything that I've started, products I created, it's all been about the messaging and communication, communicating and storytelling to other people, right? And so this was an audience that I saw when it comes to leadership that not necessarily they were being ignored, but when you think about leadership and you think about like HR and organizational development, leadership and development, you normally think of like very stiff corporate America types, you know, that walk around that they got a stick up their butt. Sorry, I work in this industry, right? So like, <laughs> I'm not talking about the people that I work with or people that I know, but there are some people that I know that that's you, they give HR a bad name, right? That's what they do. And so I wanted to show another side of HR, just saying that leadership and development could be fun. You don't have to stand up here and be the same old gray haired old white dude and do this, do leadership. You could be the cool black kid that loves hip hop and the cool, you know what I mean? There's so many different things. You could be the girl that loves watching the bachelorette, but also loves a good self-help book. You could, you could merge all those worlds, right? Cause our world's are more connected today than they've ever been. And so I still believe in that and I still wanna bring that to life. I just don't know if I'm the person for that. And that's an important part to know when you're building content, when you're building ideas and you're trying to build a business, you have to know what you should do and what you should hire someone to do, 
or what you should partner with someone else to do. So if you're listening to this and you are someone you know is interested in uh, doing the Popular Leadership Podcast or some podcast variation of that, hit me up, let me know, because I still believe in that idea. Maybe there's a way that we can repackage it. Maybe it's not a podcast. Maybe it's a video series. Maybe it's uh, a blog. Maybe it's uh, an apparel line where we have, you know, a lead like Cardi or something. Sure, I don't know, right? But but let's, if you want to be involved in that, connect with me. We can definitely get that going. All right, we're back, man, on the In My Own Words podcast. I want to start giving a little more structure to the show. I want to kind of record things in segments. I have other things that I want you guys to know about that I'm doing and that I will be doing uh, within my community online, with the online community, and just all over, right? So I want to make sure that we uh, segment things the right way. And one of the things that I want to talk about, and I kind of talked about it in the lead-in and the intro when I was talking about testing other podcasts, but... I want to talk about what guides you. And I see different people being led and guided by different things. And what I mean by what guides you, what drives you, what motivates you, right? I listen to uh, DJ Envy and his wife's podcast, The Casey Crew. It's a great podcast. I recommend it, especially if you uh, watch The Breakfast Club and you're into to hip hop and pop culture. That's what they cover there. And so I love listening to them because they also cover relationships. And I've been married going on 11 years and I've known my wife for pretty much all my life. And so I love relationship talk. People that know me well, most of my friends, my colleagues, they ask me about relationships, right? They they uh, hear about or see some of the things that I may do for my wife or they hear me talk about Michelle and they it makes them want to ask me about relationships. Also, in my family, I'm the oldest of eight kids, the first one to get married, been married the longest. People want to know my take on relationships. And so I love listening to their podcast because they have um, from the outside looking in and you could never really know. But from the outside looking in, they have a successful marriage as well. And so I love listening to them. But one episode they were talking about envy working too much. And I thought this was really interesting because um like myself, different level, but still like myself, I can tell that Envy is a super ambitious guy, right? Like whatever idea he has to try to do something, he's not going to half do it. He's not going to do it a little bit. He's going to do it to the maximum. And that's me, right? I couldn't just, you know, do a podcast. I had to do three podcasts. I had to do this. I had to do that. I had to, you know, I couldn't just uh, create an idea. I had to get uh, a card game manufactured and get the logo and the t-shirts and the hoodies and all of these things, right? Because my, my ambitious, my ambition, excuse me, is, is almost like a sickness. Like, you know how your, your greatest strength could be your greatest weakness. Like people see my ambition and my ability to take risk and they see it as such a good thing. And it is a good thing, but most people admire it because they don't have that in them. Right. They don't, you know, people normally recognize and, and appreciate the things that they don't have or the things that are opposite from them. So people see my drive and my ambition and they think it's a good thing. And it is. But sometimes I'm ambitious to the point where it gives me anxiety. Like it, it makes me sick. It makes me super nervous that uh, I just, you know, metaphorically and in uh, one case literally jumped out the window and now I'm free falling trying to figure this out. And I didn't jump for anything else other than my ambition. 
But where does ambition come from? Where does your ambition come from? I took a, a, a strength finders test today. And one of the questions was, uh, you, you either have to, you know, agree which one of these statements you're most uh, like. And one of the statements was, I'm completely content with my life. And the other statement was something to the effect of, I got more to do. I'm good, but I got more to do. And I was like, that one, I'm good, I got more to do, definitely describes me. I don't think I'll ever get to a point in my life where I'm like, I'm content. Like, I'm good with everything that I have, everything that I've done, um, everything that I've accomplished. I, I hear people talk about, like, um, you know, the, the graveyard is full of people who uh, die with their dreams, right? They have so many dreams inside of them, but they never let them out. I'm the opposite. I'm a person that lets out all of my dreams. Like there are so many things that I want to do. I let them all out. But also, I also know about myself now, 32 years into this, I'm never going to be without a dream. Like enough is never going to be enough. And that, that doesn't mean, I don't mean that in a greedy way. I mean that in a way of that's what gets me going. That's what drives me the the thrill of setting a goal, reaching a goal, and then up in the ante. That drives me. And on the podcast, Envy was saying what most drives him is his legacy. He wants to create a legacy like John D. Rockefeller, like like the the Trump family from a from a financial standpoint, not a political standpoint. Uh, but he wants to create a legacy for his family that no matter what they want to do, they're going to be set for life and they're going to be good. And I so I started to internalize that as I do with most things and say, man, what is my What's driving my ambition? Yeah, I love progress. I'm super competitive. I love to achieve. I love to just go and go and go more. But what does that represent for me? And I I couldn't really put it into words until um, two things happened. One, I saw what Tyler Perry did. And two, I talked to my wife. So one, let's talk about what Tyler Perry did. What Tyler Perry did was so dope that it inspired me beyond belief and almost to a point where I couldn't sleep. And I'll explain to you what he did. Tyler Perry started in 1992 ish, uh, writing stage plays, um, trying to get this dream out. Right. He went on to write and now act in the stage plays. And allegedly in 2007, before he ever went to theaters, he was already a multimillionaire just from the quote-unquote chitlin circuit in the South doing stage plays and selling merch, which is already super inspiring. Whether you like the movies or not, whether you agree with how he's doing and what he's doing or not, it's already been super dope, right? And so I love that story, even if the story ended right there. I guess that's, that's a crazy story. He then started to do movies with Lionsgate. He did a partnership with them where he would create the movies and own the rights, but they would help him with distribution and started making money there. His most recent move was a couple of years ago, he purchased over 330 acres of land um, that once was once housed slave, once was a, a Confederate base. Um, and he built a studio on it. And now that studio has been utilized to um, record movies such as Black Panther, ports of that, um, TV shows like The Walking Dead, and so many other things, right? And what's cool about it is that he owns that and nobody could take that from him. Meaning like no matter what happens, that is his. And so 
I don't know if he has kids. I think he has a daughter. If his daughter never wants to pick up a finger, she's going to make so much money just off the fact that her dad went and got something that belongs to him. And now he can leave it to her. If he wants to decide to hire uh, that girl or that boy or that white person, a black person, an Asian, Hispanic, that LGBTQ person, that underserved, underprivileged person and put them in a position of power and give them a job and give them an opportunity, give them a shot, give them resources to be able to stand themselves up and then go out and do the same, right, to, to expand his influence. He has the ability to do that and nobody has to tell him no. He doesn't even have to ask anybody, which is like the dopest thing for me. And so that made me realize, along with talking to Michelle, just kind of uh, uh, untangling my thoughts. And, and shout out to Michelle, man, because I throw her the most uh, intermingled, tangled web of thoughts. And just she knows just giving it to her helps me. But she also has to, the patience and the time to listen to me and to try to help me extract whatever it is in there that I need and also separate, you know, the, the wheat from the tear, so to speak, to, to say I don't need that part. But I'm going I'm to take this part and help me think more clearly, even if it's nothing but her sitting there smiling, nodding, listening to me, giving me a back rub and, and various other things that shall not be discussed on mic. But shout out to Michelle. <laughs> talking to her and I'm expressing to her how the idea of ownership is really at the base of a lot of the things that I do ownership and, 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 and the ability to be independent, right? This year I started to try to, uh, grow, uh, some vegetables, like really simple. And I'm not a green thumb type of person. I'm not a gardener. I'm not the person that, you know, goes outside and just loves being out there. But I started this garden, right? And I had four plants. And unfortunately, 75% of those plants died. 75% of those plants died. Never, never produced any fruit. Never were successful. Uh, never stood tall. Never took root. Not like I just failed miserably. And, um, but one of them made it, and it was a tomato plant. And with this tomato plant, the more that I started to see my, my work was uh, producing results, the more excited I got about it. And then I start to see my kids were excited about it. And then it became a thing and a part of the culture to water the plants. And so it was uh, really fun to see how my actions started to rub off on them. But what was the most fun was the day uh, we came back from Hawaii from vacation. And there it is, all these big, you know, green, juicy looking tomatoes on my plant. And I go to I go to harvest them. I learned that word and what it really means in actuality. But I go to harvest uh, these tomatoes and take them in the house. And for me, I'm from Indiana, but I'm a, I'm a Southern boy at heart in a lot of ways. And my family grew up in Memphis and Mississippi. And, you know, so um, I made me some fried green tomatoes and, and a glass of wine. That's what I want. That's one of the delicacies in the Sanders household. You're going to get you some fried green tomatoes. You're going to get you a glass of wine. So I got that. And when I tell you that was the sweetest meal, the most fulfilling meal that I've ever had, not because it was a large portion or quantity, 
not because it was the finest dining, not because it was the most expensive thing, but simply because I put a seed in the ground, nothing was there, and then up sprouted something that I could take and then nourish myself and nourish my family with. One of my goals for next year is to have an entire vegetable garden in my backyard. I'm telling you now, more than one of these plants is going to survive next year. But the, the reason why, and that's a roundabout way to take you back to the beginning, the reason why that was so important to me is because it represents a level of independence. I want to get so good at this that if somehow in the United States our food was compromised, I wouldn't have to worry about it because I could go vegan out my backyard. Me and my family could continue to eat and I can go catch a fish and be a pescatarian or whatever I need to do because I have that skill set. It affords me a level of 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 independentness, independency, I think is the correct iteration of that word that gives me the freedom not to care about what anybody else is doing. And that's what drives my ambition when it comes to creating content, when it comes to owning a business, when it comes to uh, producing product. I am trying and scratching and fighting, clawing, trying to find my way to this level of independent where can't nobody tell me nothing. And that is a part of my ambition because with that, I can take care of my family. With that, I can provide opportunities for others. With that, I never have to ask for permission to do anything that I need to do. Look, I, I work at an amazing place now. And and my, my previous job was important. That's another thing that's important. Since we've talked last, I did switch jobs. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a whole talk about that. Not on this episode, but we're gonna have a whole talk about that. Um, but I switched gigs, right? And so uh, at my new gig, it's much like my old gig with the leader that I have is just a a, a great leader, and she's very uh, gracious, right? And I know. That if there's something that I need, even though I have to ask permission for it, I know that she's going to grant me that permission because of who she is and our relationship. Right. And just who she is as a leader and a person. But when I tell you, it still pains me that I have to go and ask, like, hey, is it okay that I go to do this thing with my family? Like, that is nuts to me. (laughs) Like, that drives me crazy that to be in a position where I have to ask that question, even though I know the answer is going to be yes. The fact that it's something that I have to ask as, as a man, like just doesn't, it, it, it has never sat well with me. And so one of the things that drives my ambition is not buying a former, uh, the land of a former um, Confederate, you know, slave owner it is it's not necessarily. So my, my family could have um, the the most money in the world. It's the feeling of being independent, not having to ask permission, not having to wait on anyone, being but being able to go and do and and succeed and prosper and take people that I know uh, deserve it and earned it and worked hard at it and and that I love along with me in various ways and various uh, aspects and allow them to get a taste of the same thing. It's about planting my own seed and pulling out the the harvest. That really, really, you know, gets me going on a bunch of different levels. And so my question to you as an audience, and you're watching this, what, 
what drives your ambition? Like what really gets you going? What makes you excited? What makes you work that extra hour, extra couple hours? What makes you work so hard that you forget to eat? What makes you continue to do the things that you do every day? What drives your ambition? We'll be back. All right, this segment of the podcast, I like to call Take Two. It's where I take two albums and give a two-word review uh, on my perspective of the piece of work. And I want to do this segment because the music is a big part of what I do, um, what I love, hip-hop, from creating my own music to uh, curating music for others to listening to music to challenging people to music contests. Uh, whether it be, you know, Battle of the Songs or King of the Ox or whatever you want to do. Um, and so I want to make sure that we incorporate that into the podcast. It's always been a part of the podcast, but I want to make sure that we highlight it more. And take two is the first step to doing that. So let's take two. Uh, the two albums we're going to take today are uh, from Wale, uh, the rapper out of D.C. He has an album called Wow, That's Crazy. Love that album title. <laughs> it's just a crazy album title and uh, makes you think of so many different things. It could be something really, really good or something, you know, really, really bad. You would probably have the same reaction. I know I would. You see something that uh, is, is really good and you're excited. You're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And you see something that's really sad and you're like, wow, that's crazy. Right. So you can do both. Uh, I stole that from Wale from the, from the Breakfast Club this morning. But um. I want to take that one and I want to take this other album by Little Kim and I can't remember the name of it. I have it right here. Uh, what's the Little Kim album name? Uh, this is when it would help to have a co-host because I could I could like make my co-host talk while I'm looking for the album. Um, here it is. Nine. The album is nine. Yeah, it's a nine song album coming out in 2019. Oh, nine. Um, let's go with the Lil' Kim album first, the album called Nine. Um, my two-word take for this album is cringe-worthy. You heard it, cringe-worthy. You ever had that family member in your family that's just like uh, um, seasoned, they're old, I'm just going to say it, right? I don't have to, I don't have to put no punch. I don't have no bosses here. They're old, right? A little past their prime, but they keep trying to do the things that are trending and that are hot and that are within the, the, the prime of the individuals who are kind of running things now. I'll give you an example. You ever see the old man with the young man jeans on? You ever see that? You ever see somebody that you could tell they didn't dress themselves, some younger version of them dressed themselves, or they saw something on the next last video and they put that on because this is what the kids are wearing? Yeah, it is what the kids are wearing, but, but Grandpa, you're not a kid no more. Let the kids wear what the kids wear. You wear what you wear. And that's how I would describe this Lil' Kim album. Lil' Kim is a legend in a lot of respects from from just some of the things that she's been involved in hip hop to some of the people that she's been associated with in hip hop to her own music in hip hop. I don't think there's any argument to be made against Lil' Kim being a legend. There is, however, an argument to be made uh, about this album being cringeworthy and uh, sit back and relax, drink your coffee while I make this argument. There are so many instances where I'm listening to this uh, album and I'm a lyric person right I, I care more about what you're saying 
than how it sounds. It's got to sound good. Don't get me wrong. But even if it sounds good, I'm still listening for the content that's really going to make me say, oh, wow, that's that's crazy. Right. That's I love the way you did that. Um, that was very absent on here. <laughs> there were a lot of times where she she the 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 beats were new. The song structure and arrangement, the way that she put some of these records together was new. It was modern. It sounds like music that came out today. But some of these references and some of her her use of words sounds like she has no idea what's going on today. She is not uh, culturally relevant today for us. Although she just did get an award at the BET Awards, I believe it was a Lifetime Achievement Award, she's respected. And I don't want to confuse what I'm saying uh, with respect and, and accolades and, and acknowledgement. I don't want to confuse those things. But what I'm saying is prior to the BET moment, prior to talks of this album, and to a certain extent now, I don't think anybody's checking for Lil' Kim's music. I don't know if she's really tapped into the culture and it doesn't seem like many people on her team are also tapped into what's going on today. There are, there's a certain formula that you have to take who you are uh, as a person and who you've been known to be as an artist and meld that together with what's going on in today's times one of the things that's been great is Jay-Z has been able to do that wonderfully. And I think Kim could learn from him because what she tried to do was make everything sound modern, but the words and the references and her uses of certain words, even if they were somewhat modern words, she, she did it in a way that just could tell you she wasn't of what she was saying. She didn't really fit into what she was saying. She didn't really believe in what she was saying. There were so many uses of the word swag uh, on the album that it just didn't sound like that's a word that Kim should be using in the way that she did. It's really kind of difficult to explain, but it, it was just cringeworthy. Some of the punchlines on there were just cringeworthy. Like it was just a punch that just completely missed like I don't know if she's writing this or someone's writing it for her but this is one of those times where especially in in hip-hop and in culture it's a young man's game it's a young person's game a young woman's game this is why it's important to put your arms around the people who are in tune to what's going on and who are hip and hot to what's going on. I'm up in the words of Kanye West, listen to the youth, bro. <laughs> Follow the youth, bro. Like the youth is at the forefront of the culture. If you want to try to assimilate to that, at least have them around you enough to know what you're, what's going on. So when you try to do that, it's natural to you and it feels good. It feels authentic to the listener. It seems like she just kind of overheard some culture that's going on today. She overheard some relevant people talking and then she tried to mimic that and it just did not work. So my two word take for nine, the Lil' Kim album, with all due respect, is cringe worthy. Let's move on to the Wale album. Uh, with Wale, Wale has always been one of my favorite rappers ever since um, uh, Attention Deficit came out when he was on Interscope. I've listened to his mixtapes and real Wale fans know that he has a classic mixtape, but my two, uh, my two word take for this album is classic album. 
he finally has a classic album. It's an interesting thing. It doesn't matter how skilled or talented you are. It doesn't matter how well you perform. There is still this need or necessity to have a classic album to establish yourself in the conversation of one of the greats. Think about it. In basketball, from the beginning, we knew LeBron was an all-time great. But you had to you had ammunition to argue it and debate it prior to him winning that championship in Miami. Even though he drug the useless Cavaliers all the way to the finals and got swept in four games against the San Antonio Spurs. Even when he went to the finals and he lost to the Maverick, there were still a lot of people debating whether or not he even uh, earned a position on Goat Mountain, which is just crazy to think about now. And most people don't even remember those conversations, but I do. But when you really think about it, it wasn't solidified like this is cut, dry it until he won a championship. And in hip hop and music and and, uh, rap specifically, the the championship ring is the classic album. Wale has had platinum selling singles. Wale has had number one songs in the country. Wale has had very solid uh, uh, bodies of work. I believe that what got in Wale's way more than the music that he was creating was that all of the the shenanigans surrounding the music that he was making. But now at this point, when you listen to the music that he's making, devoid of the shenanigans, I think that his music has been more refined in this album. The musicianship and what she's curating sounds to put them together to make a song. Wale is a, a a person that is an amazing lyricist, right? He can put words together like very few people we've ever heard can. Wale can put words together better than very few people that have ever existed can. However, when you're creating music, it takes more than that. And that's what I think he achieved with this album. Wow, that's crazy. He took his a unique and God-given lyrical ability to put words together and surrounded it with a collection of sounds and rhythms and and ideas that made full-bodied, well-received, well-respected songs that make you want to listen to them over and over and over and over again. From the intro, Sue Me, to the, the sneak features of Rick Ross and Meek Mill on Routine, to... Um, the song he has with Kelly Rowland, he has a song called uh, Cliche with Ari Lennox. Like the, the songs that he have has on here with this being a classic album, he's created something that's going to live beyond him, meaning that this is going to cement him amongst one of the greats. You, now you have to say Wale's name a little different now. You have to mention it when you talk about the Coles and the Kendricks and the Drakes. Uh, you have to mention him in that pantheon of best rappers of the day because he's delivered so well on this latest effort that my two word take is classic album. That's it. Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of in my own words. We are back. I'm super excited to be back. I'm super excited to be with you guys. Make sure that you hit me up. If there's topics that you want to talk about, I want to continue to improve the podcast for you guys, because it's really important to me uh, that we continue to build this audience. And I curate things that's specifically for you. What's more important than what I want to tell you is what you need to hear. And that's what we're going to do here on the in my own words podcast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.